following program is pre-recorded. Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, occasionally on the program, uh, it comes up that people are struggling with um, eating disorders, with um, anorexia and uh, bulimia, that kind of thing. Can you give some, uh, shed some light on that, maybe how we, um, how we interact with somebody who's struggling with that? You know, we, our, our subtitle for this particular topic is control that is out of control. Hmm. Control that is out of control. Um, By the way, the reason we have this topic uh, years ago, I made a list of topics. We need to have biblical hope and practical help presented on a lot of topics that, that where there was not anything Christian, like no Christian book. And uh, I taught a course for three years called Counseling Through the Bible. Now, why would I do anorexia and bulimia? Because there is no biblical mandate, thou shalt not be anorexic, thou shalt not be bulimic. It's because people die of it. And... God did make us, as human beings, um, with the need to have nourishment to eat, and there's all kind. There are all kinds of scriptures about that, and yet those, I I knew someone who said God had told her not to eat. Now that's going to be pretty hard to live. And we, she and I talked about that. Uh, actually, I had a, a niece who said she didn't know what to do because her cousin, and she described a situation, at, was anorexic. And what the reason this, this uh, subtitle, this tagline is control that's out of control in regard to anorexia, when you look at the cause, and this is where we deal with definitions, characteristics, causes, and solutions. Well, what you find is that what is classic is that those who are anorexic Think of, actually, think of who who made this popular. Who might that be, Jeff, who's a singer, uh, who was a singer? She did die. Uh, You know I'm a trivia guy, and she had a beautiful voice. It was Karen Carpenter, I think you're talking about. It is Karen Carpenter, right. And people were stunned. Mm -hmm. How could that be? And we tell her story, by the way in our keys. Um, And I I will just say that before Karen Carpenter's death, the word anorexia was basically unknown to the average person. It was only occasionally uttered in doctor's offices or hospitals, um, rehab facilities. 
But all that changed in the early 1980s when a stunned public learned that the very gifted, uh, um, I'll say, girl next door, hmm. America's singing sweetheart, had literally starved herself to death. From that day forward, anorexia became increasingly a familiar word. But the obvious question, both then and now, is why would anyone enter into self-starvation, especially if they, like Karen, had it all? She had fame, fortune, family. She sang with her brother. Well, in truth, Karen's battle with anorexia began as a desperate and deliberate attempt to um, eliminate her curves because she loathed her hourglass figure. Uh, We're talking about um, at age 17, uh, she became, she ate uh, uh, more than what she decided she wanted to, and she reached 145 pounds. But the point is, when I, the people I know who have had uh, this very challenging, uh, it's a disorder, people can look in the mirror and they see themselves as fat. And yet, in truth, they can be skin and bones. And so it's an eating disorder characterized by compulsive chronic self-starvation and it's a disorder meaning it impairs normal function but it's not that they can't eat they don't but typically when you look at the cause there is something that is very perfectionistic or uh, they feel they have to control everything or else it's terrible or they're terrible and this is why they need help they typically are tender-hearted they're i mean everyone i have known um i i long to help them because i want them to see the truth and that is that god made food that is necessary for them to eat. That's one thing that they must know. June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as Grief and Loss, Abuse and Trauma, Depression and Suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. 
Would you like to talk to June Hunt about a situation in your life? Consider having that conversation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night and let June help you discover practical help that's grounded in God's truth. Your story will be heard on all of our radio affiliates. And of course, we protect your privacy by providing you with a different name. And as it happens often in our program, when you share your story, you might help someone else find biblical hope and practical help for their life. It's ministry multiplied. For an opportunity to talk with June Hunt on Hope in the Night about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or some other concern in your life, call 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call tonight. 800-917. 800-644-4817. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of hope for the heart, and we'd like to thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. If you have any questions or concerns about the topic of anorexia and bulimia, we do have resources for you. As June was speaking about that topic a moment ago, the the subtitle is Control That's Out of Control. And again, customer support uh, can help you with that or any other uh, issue you might be struggling with or if there's someone in your life who's struggling with something and could use some resources here, we'd like to recommend some things to you. So customer support can help you at 800-488-HOPE. They're available anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And again, they'll help you access the right resources. Their number 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. Well, we want to get to our caller for tonight, and we have uh, listening to us in Ohio. We welcome back to the program, Lydia. Well, welcome back. Yes, that's true. I'm so glad you've called again. How can we help you, Lydia? Oh, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I've been out here for five years stranded. I was able to go for a while, and... um, I like crackers. I, I didn't want to come down here because I knew I was going to go through it again with my family. And I go, I, I really don't have anything in common with them anymore. And I, it was just a really um, her, horrendous way to be growing up with an alcoholic father. And it was just a lot of trauma. So coming mm-hmm. back here was kind of a nightmare for me, and I didn't want to do it. But I did it anyway. And I think the Lord had me in mind to take care of my mom. And I thought I was coming home to see my daughter having a baby and... Dad had dad had cancer. We didn't know it at the time. We didn't know for weeks after I got here, or months after mm. I got here. And I was like, I only packed for two weeks. Oh my I goodness! Expect to be stuck. Yeah. You, yeah, you said and stranded. I, now, now, wait a minute. You said you had an alcoholic father, but it sounded like you came uh, especially to do what with your mother. I wind up caring for her. She retired early, and I didn't know she was going to do that. And she changed much when I got here. I hadn't seen her for about four or five years. I got back here, and I nearly was floored because she always looked like she was in her 20s, and all of a sudden, it's like, boom. She's an old woman. I go, what the heck happened to my mom? It really shocked Mm. me. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the last 
16 and a half years and she was married the second time. It was really nothing but stress, but I couldn't get a hold of anybody. He wouldn't answer the phone, and I called a lot, but he wouldn't answer the phone. I guess he retired three years before she did, and he was there all day, but he wouldn't pick up that phone, and I don't understand what the deal was. I didn't know anything was going on. So she mm-hmm. was working real hard to get out of there. She was working 65 hours a week at um, 62 years old to buy another home to leave him, and she did leave him after she got out of work. Mm-hmm. So I went up taking care of her after that. So I took care of her for 17 years. Wow. I did not pack. I didn't pack well. <laughs> wow. So what happened to your, whatever your items were, um, what happened well, I to... I in storage for five years, and then my daughter asked me to watch her kids and said she'd give me, I was going to get a job then, and um, she said she'd give me $20 a week, and I go, okay, it's only 45 a month, but she didn't pay me anything, so I lost everything mm. I had. Oh, ouch. And I built a bakery, and it was three years to build it. I used every dime I had extra for in my bills to build it to do a pop-up bakery at festivals, and I lost all of that equipment. I had a lot of gowns. I had beautiful things in there. I mean, I worked hard for 10 years while I was down there, and Mm -hmm. um, they're gone. Somebody's got them. I don't have them anymore. She just said, I don't want to pay you anything. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding. So, you know, and still she doesn't care. (laughs) Her dad's Mm. gone for three years, and she has changed, and I don't have a daughter anymore. Mm. I don't get it. We were best friends. I took her everywhere. I didn't leave her with setters. I took her everywhere. I didn't want anything happening to her. So you were you know, protective when, when the of her. serving the Lord, and he's run off with another woman, and they're doing things that they should not do, and they're doing that in front of your kids. You know, she just changed. Mm. She's daddy's girl now, I guess. But she said they don't have a father-daughter relationship, so I don't know what they have. Mm-hmm. It just breaks my heart because I want my daughter back. And my mom died. She was sick for, for five weeks, and she died. Mm. So that was real fast. Yes. I told her to go get scanned for cancer because she smoked 16 and a half years with that second uh, husband nonstop after she got home from work, she said. And uh, I didn't know any of that. And um, Mm -hmm. so it stressed out so bad she hurt her body. And I said, you need to go get scanned for cancer to make sure that there's nothing in there because I don't think you can do that and not ruin your insides. She wouldn't do Mm -hmm. it. And she hurt herself. She fell off the porch, missed one step off the porch, and then she finally got scanned, and that's when they found it. Wow. She's gone pretty quick. So, how long um, ago was really that? Yeah, Lydia, how long ago? Um, did, five was years that... ago, she died on the 11th of March, the day before my birthday. Mm. Mm. And I didn't know she oh. was gone. I got up in the morning and I, I laid right next to her. I was on the sofa. I had a hospice bring a bed in here for her so that she wouldn't have to be in her bedroom by herself. I didn't want her back there mm-hmm. all alone. So I had mm. her in the front room. I I kind of mm-hmm. wish I'd have left her back there because it was beautiful. It's just a beautiful mm-hmm. bedroom set, so that would have been more um, um, closed, but it would have been, been, been beautiful. She would have been surrounded by beauty, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to be able to watch her. She said, sleep in my room. I go, I can't do that. If, if you need me and if you call out for me, I have to hear you, and if I'm back there, I can't hear you. So mm-hmm. I stayed next to the couch. Right, I stayed on the couch right next to her. Mm-hmm. So I kissed her in the morning. I said, you're looking a little jaundice this morning, Mama. And then I realized that uh, they mm-hmm. just brought oxygen the day before, and it mm-hmm. wasn't going off. So I realized that wow. she's not breathing. Wow. I was shocked because I really was hoping for healing. I was really praying for healing. Mm-hmm. So 
Mm-hmm. Um, I go, oh, you've got to be kidding. She's out of here. She's gone. So, But in the middle of the night, I woke up, and um, she was looking all around the room. First, she was just straight on, looking straight at the TV. We always had Christian television on for her to help mm-hmm. build her, and I called all kinds of ministries to pray for her, for healing for her, because I really wanted her to come back to Texas with me. And uh, then she starts looking around the room, and I said, it's okay, Mama. I hadn't slept for about a month. I was exhausted mm-hmm. um, doing it by myself. And um, she was looking all around the room and making noises like, ugh, ugh. Uh, I think she was seeing angels. Oh. And, I, you know, and when I realized that she was going to go, well, you idiot, they didn't come to visit. They came to take her home. Oh. Mm. She wasn't scared. She she could just see it, but she couldn't talk much anymore. We didn't, I didn't know what to say to her, you know, to leave. I, I wanted to pray for her to stay here, but I, we didn't know what to say to each other. Hmm. She just got real quiet and really sad and just really, um, I, <sighs> I think the way the kids treated her and the, the other kids, and the way that my daughter didn't come with her children to come and see her, it just broke her heart. I think she died of a broken heart more than she died of cancer. Mm. That's mm. what tore, that's what tore me up. Wow. She did not. She didn't get to reap what she sowed. She was a great mother, and she sowed for us. She cooked wonderful meals for us. She mm. took care of us, and she did. Every, I mean, she. I've cleaned a lot of houses in Dallas, and I was a nanny in Dallas for a lot of wealthy people. But I'm mm-hmm. telling you, that woman did more for her kids than, than any of those people that I that I got to meet down there have ever done for mm-hmm. their children. It blew me away how much she worked. She was raised in a convent from 11 to 17. So she really, really loved the Lord. Mm-hmm. Oh. So she really invested in those that she cared for, you said, as a nanny. Um, that meant, means um, typically they are reaching out to children. Is that right? I, I was the nanny. You were the nanny. That's I, right. I prayed I'm for sorry. a job as a nanny for a bunch of kids when I went to Texas the second time after my husband left us. Okay, so I didn't yes. have enough to, to yeah. To put together everything I needed to start over, but I was a nanny. But she told, you know, she taught me how to be a mom. Oh, that's special. I I served my husband like she served hers. Mm. I served my family like she did the same. I mean, I try to do over and above, and I love Proverbs thirty-one. <laughs> it tells us how to yes. conduct our lives. I love that God gives mm-hmm. us an example. That is such a blessing to me. The Proverbs thirty-one woman. Mhm. 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 That's precious. So you she had jewel. Oh, that's that. And what what an honor that she had you. In other words, what a blessing to her that you were able to serve her. If she served you all those years, and then the last part of her life, she was served by you. That's precious. You know, I loved, I mean, this, I identify, my mom many times had to either a surgery or whatever it was, and she never complained. Uh, but I, I, meanwhile, I kept learning about, you know, hernias, and she had five different kinds of hernia operations, and you think, five? Same, but whatever. Uh, but it doesn't. It didn't matter. I loved 
serving her. It mean it, it was a, it was an honor. It was, uh, and you know I I I appreciate you in this way because there's so many. Um, that's not where their heart is, but obviously um, what she did what she did for you, you were able to turn and serve her. That's very precious. So you honored her, and the Bible says, honor your mother, honor your father and mother. And sometimes it's very, very difficult with one of the parents. And, you know, you can't, um, you can honor them not by having a perfect relationship, because you, you can't make a perfect relationship, a relationship is two, but with your your dedication, you definitely honored her, and I learned that I needed, you know, I needed to try to do what was best in my in regard to my father, um, and it was it, that was a challenge, but uh, uh, it got better and better when I figured out what um, when the Bible says, "Love your enemies." Pray for those who persecute you. And if we pray that they'll have a changed life, it softens our hearts. What do you think? Yeah. You can't change who they are. You can just pray for them. Mm-hmm. 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 It took and, me a while to figure out. And be as sweet and as soft as you can be around them as much as you can. Yes. So that they'll yes. know that your heart is toward them and not... You're not confrontational. You're just trying to reach out and touch them for the Lord so that they, they get to have what you have. Exactly. Well, it sounds like um, when you said the, your first words are were, uh, I've been stranded. So stranded can sound like you're on a desert island. Uh, and you're not on a desert island, but... Um, do you have choices? Are there any choices that you think you have? Because it sounds like you have a definite heart to give. You're a giver, not a taker. So when we come back, um, talk to me about what do you think options could be so that you are no longer stranded and Um, I'd love to understand, uh, are there people that you have connected to nearby um, or no one? Help, Help me understand. Do you have a heart for people who are hurting and broken? You want to throw them a lifeline, but sometimes you just don't know how. Lifeline to Hope is a brand new, one-of-its-kind caregiver training designed just for you. Using video-based instruction from leading experts, plus relevant case studies and interactive exercises, you can discover how to effectively provide support, encouragement, and spiritual care. The ultimate goal is to connect lives in crisis with a new or renewed life in Christ. This 10-week Lifeline to Hope program can train and deploy a small, effective group of caregivers in your church and community. 
person in your church that brings together caregivers to become better equipped to meet the hurting. Discover more at lifelinetohope.org. Lifelinetohope.org. If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. Listening to Hope in the Night. I'm Jeff Oliver. We'll get uh, back to our caller in just a moment. If you have any questions about tonight's topic or any number of topics, we have over 100 keys for living that will help you address your situation. Just give us a call at our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and they'd like to help you to get the right resources into your hands. Let me mention to you one of our keys for living uh, that's uh, pertinent to tonight's situation is called grief, living at peace with loss. And uh, that's available as well as many other titles as you talk to customer support, and they'll help you to get access to the right resources. Maybe it's a free resource on our website that you can find the quick reference guides and uh, just a, a really an excerpt of our larger keys for living. If you find that you want more information, you can always order those keys for living as well. The number is 800 4-88-4673 to talk to customer support about that. Let's return to our conversation now with Lydia. Well, Lydia, um, I, I hear when you feel stranded, am I hearing that you feel lonely? Um, are you a, alone and lonely? Is that part of that package? Well, I'm alone, all right. Um, but um, I had an S10 truck, and it quit working on me, and a mechanic came and got it and carried it off to the farm, and his roommate got in there and blew up my truck. What do you he mean, blew it, up? And he was supposed to put mean? new oil in it, but the guy drove it without oil, and I gave him money for the oil. It was in the barn right next to the truck, and the other guy got in it and blew it up. So I've been literally two years sitting out here with, without a way to get out of here, and I don't know what to do. He won't. He said he was going to fix it, but he had it for a year. He didn't do anything. So, so I've been without a vehicle this whole time, and I can't go anywhere. I just don't know what to do. I want to come home. <laughs> is home? Did you did you say home was Texas? It is now. I I came back because I was ready to to shoot my husband, so I thought I better get out of here. He just wouldn't oh. quit harassing us after he stole my 
you know, just left everything down there. And he, later, he stole my daughter for t- for three years. So he's changed her. So I I don't have the kid I have anymore. Mm. I I don't mm. I, I don't even know I don't even recognize her. You know, I thought mm. she turned out to be a kind person, a loving, giving person, and I'm like totally shocked. I'm just totally shocked. Mm. I have this stranger in front of me that I don't even know, and and she's changed so much. If I passed her in the street and didn't know that she was my girl, I wouldn't even recognize her. She doesn't look the same as she did when she was a little girl. She's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about this situation now. Am I hearing that basically this mechanic had your truck and... Like for a year, it, it, that sounds like he's. It was it stolen. It was over there for a year. The, me- the mechanic fixed it. He did a tune-up on it. Something was burnt and gone in there. He fixed the whole thing, and they said they not to take it until they redid the oil because gas got in the oil, and then the roommate got in it and blew it up. And he didn't even know anything about it. I said, he goes, well, you better, you you better put oil on that thing. That thing's really not going to make a lot of noise. I took it down the highway, seventy-five miles down the. Highway. An hour down the highway, and I said, "You did what?" He said, "You better put oil on that thing. That thing's really banging, making a lot of noise." And I said, "I gave you forty-three dollars for oil. You mean you drove it without oil?" And he just goes, "Uh, uh, didn't have an answer." So he destroyed the truck. I do not know what to do. This is a this is a '94. I don't even know if there's any engines left out there that are like this because it's a fuel injection engine. They that's the only years they made those engines. So, is there no recourse from a uh, talking? Did you have you talked to the police about this? Oh no, no, uh, because the, the things that he said to me before that happened, I didn't expect him to leave the keys in the car. So I really am shocked that the mechanic didn't take the keys out. And I'm going, oh my gosh, I can't believe he got in my truck. Um, that um, I was. He took me over there to get it that night, and uh, then the kid, the guy said that it needed a new oil change again. I just had it done two weeks prior, but gas got in there, so it looks like water in there, so it wouldn't it would burn it up if you drove it that way. And he needed to put another brake line on it. But the things that he'd said to me before that happened, it sounds like he's a very dangerous person, and he lives uh-huh. right around the corner from my daughter, and he knows oh. where she lives, so I don't trust him. Um, so okay, shocked. so so you're I saying so there is there you're saying there is no recourse uh, legally. I don't think there is. I just don't, I don't know what to do. He doesn't care. He drove it. He blew it up, and he and I heard that he was driving it to work. He drove all my gas out of it, or he siphoned it. I had thirty two dollars of gas in it before he took the before mm-hmm. he took it away. Mm-hmm. It's on empty now. Okay, well, let, let me Somebody called go. and said that they've seen him work. He, drive, he drove it to work. Oh, he has a truck. Why is he driving my truck? It's only around the corner, but he's it's banging the whole time. It sounds like there's a, um, it sounds like somebody's hitting it with a hammer how loud it is. And it was a super quiet truck. You couldn't even hear it running. Mm. I was tickled well, at how quiet it was. Well, it isn't anymore. He yes. destroyed my vehicle. I I don't have money in the bank. I didn't. T- I wasn't working except for taking care of my mom, except for mm-hmm. one season where I got to work at Campbell's when I bought that truck, mm-hmm. and I paid it off mm-hmm. in four months. But I don't know what to do now. Well, um, what you're 
what you're saying though is this was against your will what he did you did not authorize okay. and, and no, but, but I I'm, never let I'm, anybody drive that truck mm -hmm. well I, I think the issue is um, I think it's it's worth even um, seeking to call I don't know if it is uh, the police it may be too too late but um, I, I do know there are times when there is a recourse but yet if you don't want to have anything to if you're scared of him uh, that could be a um, motivation to look elsewhere and but, but okay let me go to the thing that I'm thinking about um, You said you were a nanny. Do you realize how valuable that is? I mean, I think I think it's valuable. A lot of people are not uh, trustworthy, and to have a trustworthy nanny for many families, they they can live with that family. Uh, they are valuable because. If they are conscientious, uh, it, it, it's like another part of the family. I mean, I've 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 known nannies that um, are are cherished and um, very candidly, there was a time when my mother had a nanny. It was very complicated, but my two sisters. They, because because my dad would not allow mother to have contact. I know this is strange, but forbid a, a lot of contact or any contact at times with us as kids. Um, especially my two younger sisters, ages uh, or, or years four and five, younger than me. Uh, the nanny that was there, she was from Czechoslovakia. She couldn't drive. She was uh, precious. And they, my two sisters, felt that they were, that she was more like their mother. Because dad, for it was very unhealthy, but dad... Um, Controlled mother in such a way that she and she mom didn't want it this way, but Francis, Francis Bittick, I, I remember her so well, and um, she was good as gold, just good as gold, and uh, my my two sisters to this day they talk about her, and value and cherish their memories of of Francis, now. Knowing that, um, um, she, she didn't have anything in terms of Earth's possessions, in terms of, uh, um, I mean, you know, she, she lived in our home. And uh, just, I, I'm just thinking, you are, you sound very conscientious and I wonder if it is possible that 
there could be, if you were to identify, where would you really, truly like to live? And there are services that enable there to be hiring. Um, and, you know, because they, they nannies uh, have to be from someplace. I mean, I mean, they have to learn who or who would be available. Um, it, it, I just wonder if there is a means that you would, since, since you were a, a nanny before, how did they find out about you? Well, when I went to the prayer center at Church on the Rock, I left the place I was at because I had giant roaches. He said they didn't have bugs. He lied. They were like three or mm-hmm. four inches long. I screamed mm-hmm. in the middle. Of so I mm-hmm. left there. <laughs> I mm-hmm. was four kids there. And I uh, went to Church on the Rock to the prayer center, and I was praying all night. On a Saturday, I said, Lord, get me out of here. This is disgusting. I can't handle these bugs because they're going to get on you at night. I sleep on the couch. They had no mm-hmm. room for me there. They were supposed to be getting it done, but he didn't do anything while I was there. So mm-hmm. we did a month and a half. That's when I first went to Texas. I was told they had a place ready for me. So this guy was really tall. He looked like a giant angel. Mm-hmm. Really huge guy, like like a mountain. He came in. He says, "What are you doing in here?" My daughter was sleeping on the chairs, and I was praying in the prayer center. And he said, "Um, um there's a place down the road there. There's a salon, and, and if you're looking to be a nanny, there's girls in there that can that has talked to a lot of the women here. Maybe they they can hook you up." And I went down there, and that's exactly where I found my job. And she'd been mm-hmm. without a nanny from August until um, February, and she was going crazy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had five. <laughs> wow. I didn't know what to do. I prayed for a job for a nanny mm-hmm. in Rockwall so I could go to wow. Church on the Rock in the country because I don't like town and for a whole bunch of kids. And that's ex- and that's what I got in a house behind them for the nanny, and that's what I got. Oh, that's and wonderful. I prayed when I was in Ohio before I left to go down there. Mm-hmm. Well, um, what about renewing that as a possibility and praying toward that end. Do you think that that's what the Lord might have you do? Well, what I want to do or what I, what the Lord gave me a vision for was to start a ministry for abandoned women and widows and to mm. open a restaurant and a bakery and a gift shop. But I love those kids. When you're talking about the nanny that you remember, oh. I love those children to this day and I can't wait to see them again. Yes. Well, I think maybe we need to consider what could be the method of you getting where you're fulfilled. Because, see, you want to be fulfilled, and I'm hearing you just feel stranded. Um, let's talk about a, a way that you think could work for you to get back to where you want. June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. 
This library includes volumes such as grief and loss, abuse and trauma, depression and suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually, they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God Himself, and He's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-NIGHT-17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817. You're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of Hope for the Heart, and we'd like to thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry, uh, which is really the purpose of our ministry is to offer God's truth for today's problems. If you'd like to uh, get in touch with us with uh, regard to some resources that might help you and uh, whatever situation you happen to be in, just call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central. And let me recommend to you the keys for living called Employment, Getting the Right Job, and Keeping It. That and uh, other uh, resources are available by calling customer support at 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. If you would like to speak with June about something, going on in your life and would care to do that on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, we welcome your call at 800-917. That's 800-N-I-G-H-T-1-7. And when you call, leave a detailed message for us so we can get back to you and just talk to you about being on an upcoming Hope in the Night and see what questions you might have and uh, look for uh, some direction, some hope in your situation. We'd like to help you with that. Again, the number 800-917-800-644-4817. Now let's return to our conversation with Lydia. Well, Lydia, uh, Lydia, I I want to say that I have received a message from someone who has been in the sheriff's department, um, and um, uh, she listens regularly to... uh, our, our program, and uh, both she and her husband were part of the sheriff's department, and she said, in regard to the your your truck, it's called unauthorized use of motor vehicle theft. In other words, you left the the vehicle, the the truck, and you you know you have to give them your keys for them to do the work. But if he's then driving around in your truck, 
uh, and then by not doing the things that were necessary, um, this um, uh, you know he he didn't he didn't care for the truck the way it should have been because um, uh, the the lack uh, of oil you know it blew up. Okay, I understand that, but the point is, he was, he was, he had unauthorized, uh, you did not authorize him to be, you only have authorized him to repair it, not to re- use he's it. He's not the for- mechanic, he's just the roommate. The mechanic fixed it, but this is the roommate, he's the one that blew it up. Well... Yeah, but then, he, wasn't, he but, wasn't supposed to touch it at all. Okay, but I then... I can't believe he drove it. But the point is, he then then he's the one who who basically it would be unauthorized use. I, I yeah, you're right about okay. It wasn't the mechanic, <laughs> it, but 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 he took the car the the the, the truck, and it was unauthorized use on his part. So. That it is uh, the, the message I've gotten here is call the police and report it because he was not he had no authorization from you and um, that so I'm just telling you what uh, I have received regarding this call. Okay, just okay. just know that 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 is an option and he's responsible. For its uh, its demise, and but and this is part of at times what police uh, can act on if they choose to act on it. So the other thing that we were talking about is you loved caring for children. Do you have that same? contact information where you worked before? I don't know. I called the corporate office, and he's not there anymore. They have a, a board a board taking care of the business. I haven't tried. I didn't know I had the, the home number, and I found it, but I don't know if it's the same or not. Well, my point is I know that there are people who are looking for somebody responsible and experienced. Well, you're experienced, and I'm hearing that you would call yourself responsible. Is that right? Yeah. They told me I, they had eight nannies before me, and I was the best one they ever had. <laughs> okay. that That's great. They had somebody else that took off, and she left, and they would go to Alaska with a boyfriend. Um, so she didn't stay very long. Well, as I said, people want a responsible nanny. They want, and and many times, uh, I'm 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 just remembering something about uh, Chicago, and I think my oh boy, this is years ago. I think somehow she. Uh, Francis came through Chicago 
No, that was somebody else named Anna. Okay, Anna was in Chicago and Joseph. All I know is somehow they ended up being at mom's house. And um, mother, and she was Czechoslovakian too. So mother's was very high on, on the Czechs. She felt that they were very uh, responsible and... Um, but and and both of them uh, loved working uh, for my mom, uh, even though we had a very dysfunctional family. But um, I mean, they were a blessing, Anna, and then also Francis. So uh, all I know is something about they came th- from the former Soviet Union to. Chicago, and somehow they ended up at my mom's house. So, uh, and they didn't have anything because they had just escaped, meaning they did not have money. So somehow people can get from one place to the next if they're, especially if there is employment uh, that would be, a, a, a valuable employee. Uh, so I, I just am saying, now, you know, there may be, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask about this. Sometimes uh, there are certain churches that can help uh, facilitate uh, something to be done, like if, have, are there churches or several churches around where you live? Yes. I've called my church. They haven't done anything. Okay. I'm 30 minutes away from everybody. I'm out in the middle of nowhere. How are you living? Well, I, um, last year, well, when, I finally, when I finally turned 63, I signed up for... Social Security, because for for a while I didn't have anything coming out in at all. Okay. Uh-huh. And um, um, they put me on PIPs, and my light bill is ten dollars a month. Now it's now it's twelve, which is not nothing because I was ready to get turned off. I was up to five hundred dollars I owed them. But when nothing's coming in, what are you going to do? And my truck broke down a couple of times. So um, one time it was five and a half months. One time it was six and a half months, and my family did not help me at all. They just didn't care. I don't get it, but they didn't care. So I, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. And mm-hmm. um, then they put me on heat, so they're taking care of my heat and my gas. Um, and and uh, so um, my Social Security is a big whopping two. It was two twenty six a month. Now it's up to two forty. Mm-hmm. But it's hard, and I just I just got it yesterday, and I I uh, pay my phone bill. It's only fifteen dollars a month, which I don't know how. I don't know how Straight Talk can do that. So it's a wireless home phone, and uh, so it's only fifteen dollars a month for unlimited mm-hmm. long distance. And I spent the rest of my ch- I put I paid my ties first, and then I um I went to the finally got taken to the grocery store. I haven't been to the grocery store in two months. Some girl mm-hmm. cared me finally. She'd been back for a whole month from a trip of hers, and she hadn't called me. And I was really really ticked, <laughs> really ticked. Mm-hmm. I'm like, she knows I have nothing here. What is she doing? Why doesn't she carry me to the store? My daughter doesn't carry me. I thought she would take me once a week, but she won't even mm-hmm. pick up my calls, so I don't get it. So mm-hmm. I spent the whole check, the whole, the, you know, the rest of it on groceries. 
I don't have enough for my phone right now. I go, oh, no, I think I shortened myself. I have $12 left, and it's $15, so I what I'm going to do tomorrow. It's mm. due in two days. I go, oh, shoot, I think I overdid the produce. <laughs> mm. Mm. That's all I'm living on. There isn't enough. I mean, and now everything, is, all the groceries are double. Everything is well, higher. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, all over the United States and many places, mm-hmm. you're right. Um, well, this is, again, I think it sounds to me like the avenue would be for you to uh, seek to, to inquire about any place that uh, that would uh, need nannies, qualified nannies, and you qualify. <clears throat> and then, again, there are they will many many will pay for uh, a nanny uh, if that that's experienced. And I think um, that, that I know that there's probably a way to do this. There are social services that uh, you know towns have, and where they where they can help facilitate for you to get from one place to another. And I I just think that this sounds like. Uh, and I'm I'm just going to ask our praying public, those of you who have a heart to pray, would you would you please pray for Lydia? Uh, she is experienced. She loves serving others. And uh, she just needs to be able to get uh, to the place of, of God's choice for her. In fact, uh, Heavenly Father, I, I pray right now for Lydia. You know what is most needful. You know how to move her from one place to another. And uh, may may you put people into her life or the right person um, where if she were to call about any social service that's available in most cities, um, they, they, they know how to get uh, a person into the right position because that's part of their job. And uh, people who have that kind of job usually love helping to see the, the end result take place, to, to meet a need. So, Lord, I pray you'll use Lydia wherever she is. Provide for her. Your your holy word says uh, in Philippians 4.19, My God will supply all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, thank you that you know how to be her need meter. Uh, May you use the right people. And it could be that she would even promise to to pay back a person who could help facilitate this. And then uh, ultimately, though, you have your perfect will for Lydia. We pray that your will would be done. Amen. We will send our keys for living called Purpose in Life. 
pinpointing your priorities. We'll send that out to tonight's caller. We do that free of charge. That's because of your generous support of this ministry. And if you'd like to give to keep those, uh, those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate. And we thank you. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and recent programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.